First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, we find these words. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, from the theme, the prayer of Jabez. Again, from the theme, the prayer of Jabez. Let's look at verses 9 and 10. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in with sorrow. And Jabez called on the Lord, or Elohim of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from all evil, that it may not grieve me, and Elohim granted his request. The word of God tells us and shares with us today that this particular prayer is one that we have probably heard for years, one that has been used for prosperity gospel, one that has been used on a number of occasions for a number of different things. But the word of y'all please settle down. I can't preach while y'all are talking and doing everything. Please settle down. This particular prayer, as I was saying, is just been used for so many things. Prosperity gospel and other things this prayer has been used for. But today I want to address this so that the blessing of this prayer may come upon all of us, each and every one of us, the believers in Christ our Lord and Savior. The word of God tells us that Jabez was a man that was honorable by all of his family by all of the men of his day. But at conception, because his mother had so much pain and she had so much sorrow, when she bored him, that she gave him a name that made it very hard for him to have a good life. Jabez meant one born of sorrow or meant one of pain. So his mother named him that because she had so much agony when she had him. He had no knowledge that his mother had given him the name Jabez. He had no knowledge that she had called him by a name that would create problems for him, for him as he continued to go forward in life. But in the process of finding this out as he continued to develop and grow and go about his life, then he reached out to God for help and for assistance. Let's look at this prayer. The Bible tells us and shares with us that First of all, prayer is a one-on-one -on -one communion with God. In order to pray to God, you must have a relationship with him, and you must know him personally for yourself. The Bible also tells us and shares with us that when we seek God in any area of our lives and make that petition to him, he will hear us, according to 1 John 5 and 14. And not only do he hear us, he will respond to our prayer requests. So we find in this particular chapter, this man, which is only just a couple of verses written about him, he spoke about in one other chapter in this book uh, and one verse, but very little is known about Jabez. But let's look at this particular prayer and see what the word of God tells us and shares with us about it. 
In verse number nine, Jabez was more honorable than his brother and his mother called his name Jabez saying, because I bore him with sorrow, I named him Jabez. Jabez knew this, the word of God tells us. And he said, oh, in verse 10, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory and let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. So what is he saying to us in essence or in the word or in facts of the word of God? What is this prayer really all about? Let's break this down and open it up so that we will know and receive the blessing of this prayer. First of all, he tells us that you would bless me. Jabez knew God first of all, and he knew that all things come from God. And in order to receive the benefits and the blessings of God, he had to call upon God to deliver him from not just what his name was, but from everything that his name represented. Sometime in life, people will label us, they will call us things, they will put little, little labels on us and call us names that are not the character or are not the person that God called and created us to be. And if you allow those things, you become the object of what they call you. Sometimes you'll be on the job and somebody will give you a label. or call, I'm going to call you, no, 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 my mama named me and that's what you're going to call me. My parents gave me the name they wanted me to have. But the little labels that people put on you, be careful, because some of those things have demons attached to them. And Jabez experienced that in life, that his name created problems for him to be successful in life. And he goes to God and he said, oh, that you would bless me. And when, you would, when, when God reached out, he did exactly what the man of God had asked him to do. He asked God to bless him. Not only did he ask God to bless him, but he asked God to help him spiritually, help him mentally, help his mind, help him to have victory, give him compassionate heart for those around him and to assist him in all the things that he needed. And God heard him praying. Sometime when we pray before God, we should make our petition that, that God will stop and listen to what we are saying. Secondly, Jabez said, enlarge my territory. Sometimes people have the idea, or, or let's say prosperity gospel, have the idea that he's talking about expanding the land or expanding his reach. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about enlarge me with authority. Enlarge me with power. Enlarge me with your glory so that I may be beneficial and that I may reach more people on your behalf. The territory he talks about is the authority. He wanted to make an impact for God and for the kingdom of God. Jabez wanted a pure heart and he wanted an enlarged heart so that when he reached other people, the kingdom of God would manifest through him in their lives. That's what he talked about when he said, enlarge my coast or enlarge my territory. Thirdly, he said, let your hand be with me. So he realized, first of all, that he needed to be blessed. And until you ask God to bless you, sometimes he don't respond. He just lets you 
deal with what you're dealing with. But when you say, Father, this area of my life is complicated. This area of my life is confused. This area of my life is creating problems and hardships for me. But I want you to bless me and help me to overcome this area. Then he said, and then give me authority and help me to expand my ministry or expand the calling you've placed upon my life, the purpose you've given unto me, that I may be a blessing to others and to the kingdom of God. And then he said, let your hand be upon me. You remember God put his hand on Elisha. And when he put his hand on Elisha, Elisha was getting ready to go up into heaven. And as he left, the mantle of Elijah fell, and his servant Elijah caught it. And when Elisha let the manna fall to Elijah, the word of God says that he caught the manna, and the glory and the power and the anointing of God fell upon his life. And he received that manna that had all of the power of God within it fell to God's servant. We talked about Samson last week, and the glory of God and the power of God came on Samson. He took the jawbone of a donkey and slew 1,000 people because the anointing of God was upon his life. You don't want to walk around without the power and the presence of God on you. That, that gives you authority. When you walk, people recognize who you are. They know you when they see you. Every demon know you when you see you. Remember when Christ was, was, was the healing at one point and the devils recognized who he was and they said, we know who you are. You are Jesus of Nazareth. And he told them to shut up and come out of him. And, he, and they asked the devils and demons, say, Can, is it okay for us to go into the swine? And the swine didn't even want them inside of them. They ran and violently drowned themselves in the sea because they did not want those devils and demons inside of them. See, when God lays his hands upon you, every devil and every demon have to flee. They can't hang around. They have to go and get away from you. If, the, if pigs don't want them in them, what in the world would, would, why would you want them in you? If the pigs don't want them, they're the lowest of the low. If pigs don't want demons in them, why would we settle for that? See, and Jabez understood this. He knew that there were things in his life that he needed God to take and keep him and protect him from. He said, lay your hands upon me. The scripture and the word of God recognized that he had limited abilities until God laid his hands on you. What is it that you're asking God to do in your life today? And why have that not manifested? Have you asked God, say, Father, lay your hands on me and fill me with your holy power so that when I pray, the prayers, and if you ever prayed for somebody from a distance and they call you back and say, hey, the prayer that you prayed has already been answered. The person that you've been praying over has already begun to manifest. The healing is manifesting in their life. God will do that by laying his hands upon you and empowering you with his anointing and his power to go forth and do those things that bring glory and honor and praise unto his holy and righteous name. And Jabez was one that asked God to lay his hand upon him. And not only did he say that, he said he called upon him. And when he called upon him, God answered. God heard him. David came before God in Psalms 121. What did he say? All of my help comes from the Lord. He knew that it was without God's hand upon his life, he could not do anything. He had to keep his hand in God's hand. But 
Jabez prayed this prayer for 30 full years. Sometimes we want to pray a prayer and forget about it. But what does he say? Ask in Matthew 7 and 7, ye shall receive. He said, seek, ye shall find, ask, ye shall receive. Knock, and the door will be opened unto you. We have to continually go before God with our petitions and believe God for deliverance and for answers to the prayers that we are praying. Jabez wanted God to lead and guide him. And we also should say, Father, lead us. Father, guide us. Father, be with us. Father, help us. He begins by saying, bless me. Then he said, enlarge my coast. Then he said, put your hands, lay them upon me and keep me from all evil. And then finally, he says, keep me from those that would create pain in my life. He said, bless me, protect me, be with me. And then he said, watch over me. What is he saying? There are evil people out there. There are evil spirits out there. You should always close your prayer and ask God to cover you. Ask God to protect you from evil. Some people say, what are you doing that you got to pray that prayer? You don't have to do anything. The devil already know your purpose. He already know what God has called, orchestrated, and ordained your life for. And he's going to do everything in his power to fight against that. And one of the ways he do that is to bring evil upon you. The devil is busy walking to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. Shooting and killing our children. Taking out adults and family members. Destroying the land all around us. But God said, ask for the covering. So you have to pray that prayer and apply the blood of Christ against demonic powers, against witchcraft spirits, against curses and all of the things that people will put on you because they are jealous of who you are. They are jealous for who, what you stand for. They are jealous of the fact that Christ is God in your life and that you are blessed. See, before Jabez got the blessing, he was just a normal person. He couldn't do things. He couldn't benefit from the things that he later benefited from. But when God laid his hands upon him, he advanced past all of those that were ahead of him. See, when the devil holds you back, you can't go forward. You're just stagnant. You're just kind of standing there. You can't move forward. You can't move backwards. You're trying to figure out what in the world's going on. You're trying to figure out why I'm in this place. What's creating this procrastination? What's creating this frustration? What's creating this delay? What's creating all these problems in my life? Then you say, Father, bless me. Enlarge my territory. Put your hands and lay them upon me. And then protect me from all evil and every enemy. And Jabez prayed that for 30 full years. God heard him and answered him. And then the Bible says that what? God granted his request. Because he was what? Faithful. See, sometimes you got to pray. Remember the story of Cornelius? He prayed and he prayed and he prayed for his household for years and years and years. And one day God sent Gabriel down to tell him, he said, listen, your prayers have come up as a memorial. He'd been praying so long that God sent the angel to say, your prayers have come up as a memorial. Go down to Joppa and find Peter. Went down there and while, while God and the angel was talking to uh, Cornelius, 
Peter was on the rooftop. While Peter was up on the rooftop, the word of God says God allowed him to go into a trance. While he was in this trance, the Bible says a sheep, a white sheep, was let down in his presence. And there was all kind of animals on this sheet. And God said, slay Peter and eat. And Peter said, no God, nothing unclean has never touched my lips. And God said, do not call unclean what I have called holy. And he got the message. When God told him that, he got a knock at the door. It was Cornelius. Cornelius was a Gentile. And Peter was a Jew. And God was telling Peter, go with this man and pray for his family that they may receive Christ as Lord and Savior. See, we try to limit God or we try to limit the people that we have exposure to. But God is saying the gospel is for everybody, every lost soul. He said Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. And because of that, God told Peter, get yourself up and go with Cornelius. And pray for his household and baptize them in the name of Christ so that they would have remission of sins. And remember, Cornelius had been praying for this for years. So Jabez, too, praying for years. What have you been praying for that you're doubting that God is going to answer? Keep praying about it. Keep trusting him. Keep asking him. Keep believing him. If there's something going on in your family, somebody hooked on drugs, somebody dealing with something that you don't know exactly what it is, keep praying about it. Prayer changes people and people will change things, including the course of life, the direction that they're going to. God sends prayer to us for a reason. He gives us examples of prayer warriors for a reason because they are our inspiration to overcome all that we experience in life, all that we go through in life. That was Paul did. Paul prayed everywhere he went. He started every declaration with, with who he was. And then what did he do after that? He prayed for the people of God. He said, I meditate and pray for you night and day. And that's what it should be about. We should be seeking God in prayer and asking God to cover our lives with his word, with his power, with his assurance. He, we, he wants us to continue to stay before him and trust him. I've gotten way ahead of myself here. All that stuff I've already talked about. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all of your needs according unto his riches and glory by Christ Yeshua. What is it that you're seeking God for? Did he say you have to have something? He said, I'll supply it. All you got to do is ask for it. Ask and it shall be given. Ask and it shall be given. Look at James 1 and 17. Y'all write these scriptures down. Every good and perfect gift, every good and perfect gift comes from above. Down from the father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. He says, I'm going to give you what you desire. I'm going to give you what you want. As long as it's in God's will and according to God's word, he will manifest his glory in your life. He will manifest the blessings in your life. But have you asked him to bless you? Somebody give him praise in this place. He tells us in Psalms 91. Verse 1, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. See, God's going to bless you. He says, I will send the angels to watch over you and keep you so that you don't even dash your foot against a stone. You ever hit your foot on the bed of a bathtub, getting out the club? He said, yeah, you know, it feels like a stone when you hit it, whatever it is. If it's a piece of wood, it may feel like a stone. But God said, I will protect you even from that. You're walking around all hurt up and broke up. Now, that ain't the will of God for your life. That's right. 
God don't want you all crushed up and broke. When you pray and ask God to cover you. My car had $18,392 worth of damage and I did I walked away without a scratch, didn't even have a headache. And they told the car. Got a brand new one, by the way. A 23 at that. But the reality is, God will watch over you and protect you. All you gotta do is ask him. Every time you go down to the Lord, I thank him for every mile I have driven safely. Every day, every time you get in and out of the car, Lord, I thank you for every mile I have driven safely. See, the devil get mad because he's jealous. You send somebody behind you to tear your stuff up. While you sitting there minding your own business, there comes the devil. That's why you have to ask God to keep you covered. Soon, soon, I mean, the house is in peace, and here comes some family, and they're always raising cane and keeping stuff going. And they knock on the door and hear, oh, Lord, here come trouble. You say, Lord, cover us. And we pray your mercy upon that individual. Pray for them. Keep them up listening to your prayers. You know, if you come to me and somebody and ask me something and I know better, God, because God don't tell me better. No, don't do that. That's not, that's not good. Don't do that. God speaks to our hearts and he tells us what we should and what we shouldn't do in prayer. When we seek him, we need to listen to what he has to say. And when we listen to what he has to say, he blesses us. The Bible says the house that prays together stays together. Amen. Why do you think the brethren always pray every Sunday morning? I don't pray by accident on Sunday morning. I don't call these men in the office and say, let's pray together by accident. No, it's the orchestration of the Holy Spirit. He said, whenever you take over as pastor, pray with the brethren every single week. If you're here in time for prayer, we go in my office and close the door and we pray every single Monday morning before we come out of the office to start service. We pray together as brethren. That keeps unity in the body, keeps the fellowship together, stops all the aggravation, the fighting and all of the stuff that could be going on. People are on the sidelines tearing up the ministry. Now you hear that? You say, I'm going to tell the pastor, but I'm going to pray for you because <laughs> he needs to know what you're up to. But the body of Christ should be unified. The body of Christ should come together in a oneness. There should be love in the church. Churches are fighting and destroying one another and killing each other. Somebody got mad on the internet a few days ago. I saw whether the pastor had been voted in as the pastor of the church. And one of the members while the choir was coming to sing jumped up and said, he's not our pastor. It started a church fight. And the church fighting because they don't want who they got, who the people chose. I mean, give God glory and praise and move on if they don't want you. That's what God tells us to do. Is, he said, stand up and be a man. Don't be a punk. I ain't heard that word in years. <laughs> stand up and be a man. You've got to have authority. When God puts you in a place, he puts in you power and authority to stand up over everybody. You don't care who they are. When you see the devil in somebody, you talk, you ain't talking to the person because I tell, when I tell somebody something, I'm not talking to them, I'm talking to that devil in them. It's the spirit in them that's creating the problem. So since you allow the spirit to be in you, you got to go. That's what the word teaches us. You got to go because the devil in you and you refuse to get him out. I love you with all my heart. It's called tough love. Christ had it for Peter. Peter, do you love me more than these? But well, teach my sheep. Peter, do you love me more than these? 
shepherd my flock. Stop fishing, boy, and go after souls like I told you to. The Christ had to rebuke Peter on the bank of Galilee because he went back fishing and carried six of the other disciples with him after Christ was, this, was getting ready to go up to heaven. Christ standing on the, on the shore and cooking to feed them and see Peter standing out there on the boat naked. And he the first one God jumped on when he came on the water. He said, boy, I thought you had it, but you still ain't figured it out yet. And that's how people are. Some people that God has talked to them and warned them and told them and warned them and told them, and they still have not responded to the word of God. They still have not listened to what God has said. So I prayed, I said, Father, send folk to church today. I know it's raining. And you know what the Holy Spirit said to me? He said, I will orchestrate them there that need to hear this message. That's all who's going to be in here. Those who need to hear this message. He said, there are those coming, but they're coming to receive this message because it's for them. Let's wrap this up. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16. He says, redeeming the days because the times are evil. See, there are evil people out there, and you have to be aware of the evilness in people. Exodus 14 and 14 says, God shall fight for you, and ye shall what? Hold your peace. Sometimes you're trying to fight the battle yourself. Let God handle it. Stop trying to be the, 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 the victor. You ever seen somebody step in to try to stop a fight and end up dead? It wasn't that battle to start with. Here they come in again and end up dead. God said, I'll fight the battle. You stay out of it. The battle is mine. I'll get the victory. You just pray and give thanks for the victory. John 14, 14. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. That's what the word says. Just ask. And give thanks and give praise. When you pray, give thanks and give praise. Ask. If you need to, keep asking. Father, it's me again. You know the problem. I'm not going to stop. Remember? Remember Jacob? Jacob went and he wrestled with the angel all night long. Guess what Jacob said? I ain't going to let you go till you bless me. That's what he told him. I ain't letting you go till you bless me. His, his, when he woke up the next morning, his leg was out of joint because he fought an angel all night long, but he would not turn the angel loose till he gave him the blessing. God spoke to Abraham and he said, if you do what I say, boy, I'm going to make you great and I'm going to make your nation great. I'm going to bless you. And he met Melchizedek, gave him the tithes and the offering, and when he did, God blessed him. He was richer than anybody of his day. Finally, Luke tells us in the first chapter, and the 37th verse, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. That's why Jabez prayed, because he knew who God was, and he knew if I just ask him, he will do it. And that's how we have to be this morning. If we just ask him, if we just trust him, if we just rely upon him and call upon his name and believe, you've got to have faith. He said in the, 20, in the 11th chapter and the 24th verse of the book of Luke, he tells us, therefore, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you have them and you shall have them. All you got to do is believe it. Pray and believe it and wait on God. I'm not, don't sit there idly. Some people, I'm, I'm waiting on my husband. I'm waiting on my wife. You'll be 100 years old, still sitting there rocking. 
still wait, wait, still waiting. I'm just going to trust the Lord and wait. Keep waiting. We'll roll you across the aisle eventually. If you sit there and wait, God says you got to do something. It's like you all sitting right there right now. If you sit there all day, you'll never get out of the building. You got to do something. You got to get up. You got to go one direction toward the door or another one to get out. If you just sit there and wait, you're going to be there next Sunday when I come in the door. I'm going to say, hey, brother. Hey, sister, you spent the whole week here? I didn't know you spent the whole I'll speak to you Wednesday when I come in. But whenever I come by, check mail or whatever, I'll just say, hey, brother, hey, sister, glad you're still sitting there. Well, if you ask God for something, yeah, well, you need to get up and go get, uh, go get about doing it. <clears throat> ask God to bless you with something. You sitting there, you ain't even applied yourself, ain't even took no action. He said, works, faith without works is dead. You have got to take action. You've got to pray. You've got to believe, but you've got to take action. These men is working on getting their license. If they hadn't applied themselves and start doing what they needed to do to get them, they wouldn't be where they are now. They'd be still waiting on the process. They'd be waiting, sitting there. Well, what's taking you so long, bro? Have you called the people? Well, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it later. Well, keep on doing it later. Keep on. You'll be too old to get licensed after a while. You're sitting up there. Well, I should have done it back when I was 30 years younger. God, God is saying, have faith. Believe, but put it in action. Go to work and let the power and the presence of God move on your behalf and give you victory. And that's what this is all about. The man of God wanted victory, and that's what God gave Jabez. He wanted victory over the problem of his name, which was creating all the problems in his life. What's creating problems in your life that you haven't asked God to help you with? And that's what you should be seeking God for. And believing and trusting in him that he will do. You know, you can't do it for other people. Everybody got to do it for themselves. You're trying to help people. You're trying to go out of your way. You're doing everything in your power. And people will beat you down. They will take advantage of you. They will use you like old soap. Ain't nothing left on it. They're still trying to get what little left on there out of it. Some people will use you just like old soap. That's an old analogy there. Got to go talk to my granddaddy about that. But the reality is... Don't let people use you. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Do what you can and move on. And let God work with that person. Let God deal with that. You can't keep fighting with people and trying to make people. Are oh, you going to make somebody do? I'm going to make my wife do right. I'm going to make my husband. I'm going to make them. I'm going to make them. No, you ain't. You'll get your feelings hurt is what you're going to do. Because they are who they are and you ain't going to change them. Only God can change that person. You can fight till you turn 75, 80, 150 years. You're still going to be the, who they are. You say, Father, I pray for them and I put them in your hand and leave it. Keep smiling. Every time you walk by and say, yeah, I'm praying for you. You don't know it, though. I'm praying for you. After a while, something's going to hit you and knock you down. Remember Saul last week? Always fighting the church, coming up against the people of God, creating problems on the Damascus Road, going from Damascus to Jerusalem, beating up and messing up people, locking up Christians, and God one day slapped him off of his beast. Who do you think you are, boy? Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus of Nazareth. You kicking against and fighting against me. You can't fight God. Your hands ain't big enough. You're going to lose that battle. You might as well just accept the reality that you're too small to box with God. Just pray to him and say, Father, I thank you and I believe that what I have asked will manifest. May God bless you today. May heaven smile upon you. Let us stand for a word of prayer.
Heavenly Father, our Yeshua, we come this afternoon to thank you for this message, the prayer of Jabez. And Father, we ask now this prayer upon the heart of every person in this building, upon the heart of every person under the sound of my voice on the podcast. We pray now that you will touch and let this prayer manifest in their lives. Lord, we ask you to bless them. We ask you, Father, to increase their territory. We ask you, Father, to let your hand be upon them. And then, Father, protect them from all evil. We pray that the blessings of this prayer will manifest in the lives of everyone that hear this message. Under the sound of my voice, in the name of Christ Yeshua, I release this blessing upon every soul that reads and hears this message. We bless you now. We praise you. Meet every need in their lives. And we decree and declare by the glory of the Holy Spirit and by the power of Christ Yeshua and the blood that was shed for each and every one of us, that this prayer will manifest. This prayer will come forth. This prayer will materialize in their lives. We give you glory. We give you praise. We give you honor. And we thank you for it. In Christ Yeshua's mighty name, we pray and ask you today that all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you today and may heaven smile upon you. From the passage I read in your hearing earlier today uh, from the book of Exodus, chapter 14, the theme, Stand Still and See the Salvation of the Lord. Stand Still and See the Salvation of the Lord. From the 14th chapter of Exodus, we find in the Pentateuch, the writings of Moses in this 14th chapter. And we want to look at verses 10 to 14. And I'll read that again for those of you that were not here. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were so afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto Yahuwah. And they said unto Moses, Because there was no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore have you dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this word that we did tell you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it hath been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Moses said unto the people, Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he hath shown to you today. For Egypt, whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. God shall fight your battle, and ye shall hold your peace. The Word of God tells us and shares with us the story of what takes place in Egypt prior to this particular experience. And this is a part of the Passover that God had instructed Israel to continue to hold on to and continue to observe and commemorate yearly. What had happened was God had warned Pharaoh a number of times. He'd said unto Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh continued to refuse to do that, and God continued to harden his heart. But he continued to get in the way of what God was doing with his people. 
God sent the plagues, the flies, the frogs. God turned the Nile into blood. And, and, and he turned a, 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 a rod into a snake. And everything that God did, old Pharaoh, he tried to match it. Everything that God used Moses to do, Pharaoh tried to match it. So Moses goes to Pharaoh and he says, Pharaoh, let me take the children of Israel into the wilderness for three days that they may spend time in fellowship and worship and fasting unto God. And Pharaoh agreed to allow Moses to take the children of Israel out into the wilderness. And while they were out in the wilderness, God spoke to Moses again and decreed unto Moses that there was something magnificent getting ready to happen for the children of Israel. They were getting ready to leave the Egyptian captivity and move on into the land that God had promised unto the, uh, to the Israelites. And God had told Moses that I'm going to give you the land of Canaan that flows with milk and honey. And I want you to get everybody together. And to let them know that this is the word of God. This is Elohim, Yahuwah himself, talking unto Moses and telling him the importance of what he was about to do. So we find the word of God tells us that sometime in life we have and we will experience challenges. Sometime in life things will happen in a, to us and to those that we know that we may not be able to handle or comprehend. But there is a God that sits high and looks low that will answer every single problem and concern in our lives. See, the children of Israel find themselves beginning to murmur and to grumble and complain because they felt like God had forsaken them and left them alone. But God had a plan. And with his plan, he had a purpose for what he was doing with the children of Israel and how he planned to carry them forth from, from the Egyptian captivity. The Bible tells us and shares with us, the story goes on. And, and they are worried and they are concerned. But God had already warned Pharaoh a number of times to let the children of Israel go. And the final plague that God placed upon the nation of Egypt was he took and told Israel to get the blood of a lamb and put it across the doorpost of every single house. And he told Moses, tonight I'm going to send the spirit of death. And when he comes, every house that does not have the covering of the blood over it, I'm going to slay the firstborn in every house, not only among people, but also among animals. And Pharaoh just kind of grunted at that. He didn't pay that much attention. But after a while, night came, and all of Israel had done what God had told them to do. And in the process of doing this, they were covered and they were protected. Their homes and their families were all protected. And after a while, Pharaoh could hear the screams, the hollering, and all of the moaning and groaning and the sorrow in the city of Egypt because God had come through and began to slay all of the firstborn that was not under the covering of the blood. And one of those firstborn was Pharaoh's son, his firstborn son. And when God took his son, that was enough to let him realize and know that God was serious when he told him to let Israel go. So he lets them go. And as they're going down the road in, in captivity, 
being freed from captivity, marching on down the road. And before them is the Red Sea. And they're marching and leaving from Egypt and going down to the Red Sea. Moses is leading them and they get there to the Red Sea. And when they get there, all that water, they got the Red Sea in front of them. And Pharaoh got mad and said, let's go and get them and bring them back. And he gets 600 of his best horses and chariots and the, the soldiers and all of those guardsmen over them. And they pursue after Israel. Israel has God blessing them. They have a cloud by day to follow to get them to the promised land. And then they have a fire by night to give them light so that they can see. But God takes the fire and God takes the cloud and he puts it between Moses, the children of Israel, and behind Pharaoh. Moses and the children of Israel is in the front. And this cloud and the power and the presence of God goes behind them to protect them. What am I saying? God will protect you when the enemy tries to come up against you. God will watch over you when the devil is trying to do something to you. They're moving forward and Moses is concerned himself and God said, boy, what is that in your hand? And he had a staff and God said, get up to the top of the mountain and take that staff. And they took the staff in Moses' hand and he held it up. And when he held it up, all of the water in the Red Sea rolled up on both sides. The ground dried out and Israel marched through the Red Sea to the promised land. To the other side. And when they got over there, Moses put his hands down. Here comes Pharaoh and his army. Most of them then got down in the middle of the Red Sea now. And when Moses dropped his hand, the water just gushed all on top of them and took them all out. God will fight your battle. He said, be still and watch me work. Be still and let me do it for you. Some of us trying to fight and do it for ourselves. God said, I've given you the victory. All you've got to do is stand still and let me give it to you. Let stand still and receive it if you would stand still. I will do for you what you need done. He tells them, don't worry. I got your back. Sometimes we get worried about things. Sometimes things trouble us. Sometimes problems, we can't seem to figure out how to solve them. But he said, I have your back. I will take care of you. I will watch over and keep you. The word of God tells us and shares with us that God is more who is for us than the devil who is against us. Remember, Satan comes to what? Kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Christ said, I've come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. And we look at our situation and our communities and the word of God tells us, why is it that death is so prevalent? Why is it that murder is on the rise? Why is it that things are happening in our nation, in our society, that we cannot understand? Why mass murders all, all, all over the nation, more than 30 of them this year alone? Why? Simply because people have not realized that they need God, that they need Christ Yeshua in their lives, that they need to repent of their atrocities. What did the writer tell us in 2 Chronicles 7, 14? If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will heal their land 
I will deliver them. What makes five officers stop a young man going down the road about his own business and pull him out of the car and literally beat him unconscious? And then he dies a few days later. It's because those that we have entrusted with the oath to serve and protect us have forgotten what they were called to do have allowed the authority that they have been given to overrule and overpower them mentally, emotionally, and physically. The Bible tells us that God says, I am still in control. The devil may think he's got it going on, but I'm still in control. He tried it with the Savior. Remember when Lazarus died and the devil thought he had one Lazarus? Christ went in there and said, get up, Lazarus. He defeated the devil. Goes on down a little further, finds this little boy lying on this coffin, headed to the grave in Nan. And, and, and he looks at the bearer of the coffin and stops him and tells the child to rise. And he gets up. He defeated death a second time. And death was getting worried and concerned because it kept getting defeated. Remember what happened at the Red Sea. A lot of those Egyptians, there, and, and, and Moses had already told the Egyptians, these, uh, uh, Israel, these Egyptians that you see today, you will never see them again. They're all drowned in the Red Sea. Death lost another battle. Death lost another victory. Then the Savior himself gets his own accord, comes down here and lives his life before us and shows us the way back to salvation, shows us the way back to the Father. And in the process of doing all this stuff, Christ prepares his own self for what's going to take place in his own life. He himself is going to have to have a battle with death. But we have to remember that Christ came out victorious. He went to the grave, stayed in there, what, three days, got up, came out, and walked around. And not only did he defeat death, but death said, I can't challenge him no more. He's got the victory, and God said, I'm going to give you all power in heaven and in earth. And, and, and when God gives us all power through Christ our Lord and Savior, we don't have anything to worry about. We don't have anything to fear. Everybody's walking around and worried and concerned. But Christ said, I have you. I am watching over you. I am protecting you. I am keeping you. All you have to do is keep your faith and trust in the Lord and continue to serve him and worship and apply the principles of his teaching to your life. Let's go a little bit further with this. Let's wrap it up. He tells us in that 14th chapter, verse number 12, Egypt was concerned. Is, I mean, uh, Israel was concerned. Is not this the word that we told you in Egypt, saying let us alone and let us serve the Egyptians? God always has a better plan for us. God's plan is more powerful than the plan of the enemy. And when God has a plan, sometimes we refuse to move forward. But guess what? When you're struggling and you're going through things and you're having problems and issues in your life, what does God do? He allows the enemy to come in, sometimes even like a flood. Why? Because it is the enemy and the things of the devil that encourages us to keep pressing on to God. 
Paul said, what I press toward the mark for the price. He didn't say I walk. He didn't say I run. He said, I have to press my way. I have to push my way. I have to force my way because the devil will attack you. The devil will come up against you. The devil will fight you on every side. But when he's fighting you, that gives you courage and strength to go to God in prayer. You go to God in prayer. Guess what he does? He gives you the courage. He gives you the strength. He says, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will what? Help you. I will strengthen you. I will lead you. I will guide you. I will protect you. Sometimes we worry about all the things that's happening in the world society. In this, in, in this day and time. But we have to keep our faith and trust in God. We have to say, Father, cover us. Protect us from what the devil will do to us. Because Satan is out to what? Destroy the body of Christ. He don't want you. He just wants to shut you up so you can't talk about nobody. You can't talk about the word of God. You can't tell nobody about the goodness of Christ, our Lord and Savior. That Satan don't want you. He wants the word. And if shutting you up and stopping you and murdering you and killing you will do that, guess what he'll do? That very thing. See, the world system got the idea that it's going to be all right, that they are winners, that they are successful, that everything is working in their table. But that's not the case. The devil will use you up and then he will strike you with some type of affliction and kill you and take you out. That's what he does. Make you take your own life. But when you have Christ as the center of your life, if you seek him first, his kingdom and his righteousness and be about doing those things that bring glory and honor to the kingdom. The Bible tells us that we have a reward waiting on us when we get to, to the kingdom of God. That we will be blessed when somebody pass on that's a child of God. They're going on into eternity to receive their just reward. This fellow tells the story that he and his wife was on a plane and they were traveling from one of the most marvelous vacations they had ever had. And as they're on the plane flying, the pilot comes on the intercom and he tells them there's some problems with the electrical equipment on the plane and we got everything under control. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the flight. A few minutes later, he comes back on the PA again and he says, we're still working on these technical problems with the plane, but I want you to continue to sit back, relax. Enjoy the flight. About 30 minutes later, he comes back. He says, this is your captain. And I want you to know uh, that we're going to have to make an emergency landing. But I want you to sit back, relax, enjoy the rest of the flight. Can you imagine the tension that's building up on the plane by now? After a while, the pilot comes back on and he said, we're getting ready to, to, to land the plane. But I want you to go ahead and Form the craft position. Take your head and put it between your legs and put your hand behind your head. Then he comes back and tells them why. He said, the landing gear will not come down. And there's two things that can happen. One, the plane will break in when it hits the ground. And the other, it will explode on impact. And there was this minister and his wife sitting on the plane. And while they were on the plane, the Bible says that he was a praying man. How do we know that? Because Christ had already taught us how to pray. He said, he and his wife grabbed hands and said, the Bible says, where there are two or more together, I'm in the midst. 
and they begin to pray. Give God glory and praise. Looked at each other and said, I love you. If we don't make it, I want you to know I love you. Plane goes down and descends, hits the termite, and comes to a complete stop. And, and the pilot comes back on the radio and says, I'm really sorry, I don't know what happened. And the preacher and his wife said, oh yeah, we know what happened. We have a praying God. And we prayed to God. And when the plane hit the ground, it didn't crash. It didn't break. It stayed intact. And everybody walked off the plane safe. God will protect you when the devil is trying to come up against you. He said, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Keep your faith in him. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. May God bless you this morning. May heaven smile upon you. Let us stand for a word of prayer. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come this morning to give you praise and glory. We thank you, Lord God, for this message. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. We thank you for Christ, our Lord and Savior, that went to the cross and gave his life, that we all may come to him, come to you through him, and have eternal life. And we pray now, Father, your blessings over this congregation, whatever they're experiencing or whatever they're going through, we know that you are the God that had our back. We know that you are the God that allows us to move forward in the things of life. And that you are the God that lets us go forward and complete our purpose. Just like you allowed Israel to go through what they experienced at the Red Sea. But on the other side, you promised them a land flowing with milk and honey. And you allowed them to walk into that land. We praise you today because you have a purpose for our lives. And you have said in your word, we will live and fulfill our purpose according to your will and your blessings upon us. We glorify you this morning. We magnify and edify you. We thank you for all of these in the house this morning. And we pray now your blessings upon this ministry. Watch over everyone here, Lord. Remember those that are not here that desire to be here. Touch them in their homes and meet every need in their lives. Heal the sick, Lord God. Raise the dead. We just give you glory and praise and thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this message. Let it inspire, uplift, and encourage the hearts and minds of your people and let them realize that they can rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is their reward in heaven. We thank you for today. We thank you for this hour. We thank you for this moment. We ask you to cover over this house. Bless everyone under the sound of my voice. Bless their families, their wives and children, sons and daughters, extended family. Lord, cover them in the blood of Christ Yeshua, our Lord and Savior, and watch over them throughout the course of this week. Bless them in their communities and in their neighborhoods and just keep them safe from all hurt, harm, and danger. Father, bless them and then enlarge their territories. Lord God, let your face and let your hand be with them and lay your hand upon them most of all. And then, Father, protect them from all evil that they may not cause any kind of pain. We bless you today. We praise and glorify your holy and righteous name. These blessings we ask in Christ Yeshua's mighty name. And for his name's sake, we pray and ask you today. Let all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. God bless you today. And may heaven smile upon you.